0: You a little better to tell you what this congregation is all about, in order to do that, we have created a lunch for you that 's going to be in the in the fellowship hall. If you are a new member, a visitor, or a college student, you are invited to that lunch to share in a meal so that people can connect with you and, and get to know you, get to know who you are, help you get connected to this church as our parents are coming back from dropping off their kids, I want to remind them you saw before we started that we're going to something called Kid Check soon. Um, there's papers everywhere where you can get the link and go check that out. That is a security measure that, that will help our children's ministry to better keep track, better log in, better uh, take care of our children. And so if you don't have children in the children's ministry, that doesn't affect you. Um, but if you do, you want to make sure you get the, the app, the log in, sign up, so that you can uh, do what you need to do to, uh, to, to connect with that program so that you can get your kids checked in and out of, of Children's Church. So, those are two major announcements that I need to do. Um, I'll pray with me for real quick. Father in heaven, we commit this worship service to you this morning. Lord, we ask that our singing, that our giving that our communion, that our prayers be acceptable in your sight. Lord, I pray you put your words in my mouth this morning and you speak to your people from your word. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I had a really good sermon. Brent, you can shut that down. We're we're, we're off script. I had a really good sermon prepared, but I'm going to talk to you from my heart today. And so I hope that's okay. Um, I got the microphone, so it doesn't matter whether it's his or isn't. On Friday we buried Hillary's brother stepbrother. This was a young man, just turned 22 in November. He was um been in our family for about 10 years. Um we'd watched him grow up. He came in, he was about 9 or 10 when he when he came into our family and uh, had grown up um I guess that math didn't work. Maybe he was 10 or 11. He had grown up in front of us. He had had the typical rough teenage years that everybody has. And uh, had gone into the military and in just a short time had really found himself. Um, Instead of being the, the, the kid that didn't know who he was or where he fit in the world, he connected in the military, he was—he was had already received uh, commendations and medals. He was promoted to a, a section that that people of his rank didn't get promoted to. Um, and and in that time, he had started to flourish. On Christmas morning, he called and had Christmas morning with his mother. He had sent gifts over for her and. They had done the electronic FaceTime thing, whatever, and open gifts together. And after that, she had busied herself with getting Christmas together, as most of you know what that's like. Cooking, cleaning the house, getting ready for people to come over. Um, He was stationed in England, and so he had had made plans with a friend to, to spend Christmas dinner with them. And so he was riding his motorcycle to that dinner, and he lost control, hit an embankment. And uh, when they found him, brought him to the hospital, there was no brain function. He died soon thereafter. As we had his funeral on Friday, it's tragic. Anybody, some of you have talked to me already, you've lost children and you understand what that's like. I'm not being rude, but I hope I never understand what that's like. Because just watching that grief, you realize that I call a lot of things tragic that aren't. And and I don't really know what hurt is until you see it in front of you and you go, wow, that's, I, I would be a huddled mass on the floor. We did the funeral, and then we were coming back to a reception, and we're driving down the interstate in the afternoon. And you know what that's like on Interstate 45, people swizzing by you and honking at you and waving at you and telling you you're number one and uh, cutting you off. And, and they're, all, they're all in a hurry, and, and everybody's trying to get where they're going. And they're going to work, or they're going to shop, or they're I don't know where they're all going. But as I'm riding through that, looking at them, Psalm 127 comes into my mind. And Psalm 127, Solomon says, um, I can't find it. Psalm 127 says, In vain do you get up early and go to bed late, eating the bread of anxious toil. That phrase kept running through my mind. Eating the bread of anxious toil. What Solomon means is that all this junk that we busy ourselves with, doesn't matter. When you're faced with tragedy, with real tragedy, when we face death, real death, we realize that a lot of the things that we put our time and energy towards don't matter. It's vain. That's what Solomon said. Jesus says it like this in Matthew 6. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The idea is, on both of those passages, is that the junk that we waste our time on is just that. You've never been to a funeral and heard somebody say, oh, he had such a nice car. You've never been to a funeral and say, oh, her house was always so clean. Or 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 uh, whatever it is that we busy ourselves with, you know what I'm talking about. He had such a big 401k, nobody cares. You know what lives on? You know what matters? Love, relationships. You go to a funeral, what do people talk about? They talk about the relationship they had with that individual. They talk about how that individual impacted their life. That's what lives on. That's what's eternal. So this morning, we've been in a series called Reset, and, and we've been talking about how we're going to reset our lives in 2019, how we're going to start over. And so this morning, I, I really have it on my heart that, that we need to reset our priorities. We need to reset what's important to us. And that's all of us, y'all. That's me. I get so worried about this and that and this meeting and that thing and this other thing and the bill and the thing and the kids and the whatever and, and uh, my priorities. I need to reset what's important. Because the things that I devote my most time, my most money, my most attention to are not always eternal. So this morning, my challenge to you is that let's reset our priorities for 2019. That sounds good, but how do we do that? Well, I think that's what we've been talking about as we've started. Your shepherds have spent a great deal of time in prayer, seeking God, asking God what His will is for this congregation. And what God has put on their hearts is love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I think if we make those our priorities, everything else will take care of itself. When Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commands? That's the things He says. Love God and love people. You know what He says? This is the law and the prophets. He says, that's the whole Bible summed up right there. If you can do those two things, you'll get everything else right. So when we reset our priorities, that means I want to see God. I want to see God. I want to connect with God. N.T. Wright in his book, uh, uh, Mere Christianity, says that when we see God, the only response that we have is to worship Him. That's it. And if we claim to have seen God and that's not our response, then we didn't really see Him. We didn't get it. We missed something somewhere. Because that's the only response. When we connect with God, when we see who He is and what He's done, and and we witness the magnitude of what that is, it, it makes us fall in love with Him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. We don't have any choice because we're captured by who He is and what He's done and the difference He makes in our lives. And so my first reset, the thing that I want to be about in 2019, is that I want to be about loving God with every fiber of my being. That's why we started off the year with this class. That's why every single sermon that you hear this year is going to be connected to that in some way. Our classes, when, when we start these classes next Sunday, there's going to be three classes. And every one of those are us coming at this idea from a different angle. Dale is going to have a class called You're Not Far From the Kingdom. Um, Gary Reese is going to have a class looking at, at love relationships throughout the Bible and, and love languages. And, and, and Chris Kern and I are going to do a class uh, about, about falling in love with God and, and demonstrating that through worship. And you're going to get a chance to participate in every single one of those classes because we think it's that important. Because we want to reset our priorities to love God with every fiber of our being. Because when we do that, then that second priority clicks in. That second reset of our priority is we want to see people the way God sees people. God loved us so much that while we were still sinners, He died for us. That's the kind of love I want to have for the people that I meet. Not just the people in this room, but everybody. Our second reset of our priority is to love people. And I'm talking, y'all, let's, let's, let's love people like we're nuts. Can we do that? The people that are around you, that are important to you, you need to be loving them. You need to tell them right now. Yes, my children annoy the fire out of me sometimes. Sorry, y'all were supposed to be in children's church. You weren't supposed to hear that. They know it. The point is, I love them dearly. And you do too. You love your children dearly. We don't tell them near enough. One of the great joys of this tragedy, if there is any joy in tragedy, is that her last words to him were, I love you. She got to say that. A lot of people don't get to say that. The people in your life that mean a lot to you, Tell them, love them, be stupid about it, be crazy about it. Yes, they're going to roll their eyes and go, oh, Dad, you tell me that every day. I don't care. Because you never know when that's going to be your last opportunity. God made that real to me this week. You never know when it's going to be the last opportunity. So don't don't blow it. Love those people. Not just your family, y'all. There are people in this congregation that you appreciate, that you respect, that you love, that mean a lot to you. Tell them. A lot of times we keep that in, and we don't even talk about that stuff until the funeral. And then people stand up and say, oh, this so-and-so was such a great person, and he did make this difference in my life. But you never told him. Do it. One of my regrets this week is that I never told Michael enough that I loved him, that he was part of our family. That's a failure on my part that I can't ever undo. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to tell people how much they mean to me. I'm going to love them like I'm a crazy man. Because you know what made the church grow in Acts? They love people like God loves people. If anybody didn't have anything, somebody would go out and sell their property and give them the money. That's nuts, y'all. But that's what the church is supposed to be about. We're supposed to be nuts. We're supposed to be the people who love like crazy people. And that's our reset. That's what I want us to be about. This is why I have notes, because I wonder. If, if, I, if I don't have notes, we don't know when to end. My challenge for us in 2019 is to love God with every fiber of our being and to love people the way God loves people. And don't blow opportunities. Don't let those chances slip by. Don't only say those things when it's too late for that person to hear it. I want to read you a passage in 2 Corinthians 4:18. Paul says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We're going to reset our priorities in 2019, and we're going to put our priorities on the things that are eternal. We're going to quit worrying about the stuff that's seen. The black line in my bank account or the dollars in my wallet or the hours that I'm putting in at work or whether I'm getting that promotion or whatever nonsense it is that I think is important. That's stuff that's seen. I want to focus on the things that will last long after this life is over. Let's reset our priorities. I don't know how to turn that into an invitation, but let me tell you this morning. The reason this church exists is because we want to help you connect with God. We want to help you find Jesus Christ. Because we are just sinners who've been forgiven. But like John said in his prayer, we're not content to stop there. We're not content to just say we're sinners who've been forgiven. We are new creatures. Like Mark said in his class this morning, we are transformed. The old is dead. The new has come. And we're going to be those people that the whole world thinks are weird. I want you to be weird with us. This is your opportunity. This is your invitation to lay it all down, to die to yourself, to leave all that focus on the the, the seen things of this world, and to grasp the eternal, what lasts forever. When Jesus is going to Lazarus' tomb, Martha meets him at the end of the road and Martha's mad at him. And she gets in his face and she points her finger at him and she says, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. And Jesus doesn't get mad at her. He doesn't fuss at her. He doesn't yell at her. He doesn't give her a doctrinal discourse on the nature of death. He says, Martha, I Am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, will yet live. Do you believe this? That's the question that we're asked as Christians when we face tragedy. When we face death. Do you really believe that stuff that you preach? Do you really believe it? I encourage you. I plead with you. believe Believe it. Believe it. If we can help you in any way, I want you to come right now while together we stand and sing. Lord, you are more precious than silver.